What's going on, family? This is Pastor Cyril Chavis Jr. here, and you are now tuned in to Glory and Joy. All right, so our first question for today is about sex. The question is, I would like to hear more about sex slash sexual immorality. I feel it is not something that is heavily talked about in the church besides waiting for marriage. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your question. This is a very important question because sex is a huge part of the human experience. And if we are to actually live our lives filled to the brim with God's glory and joy, we have to understand God's design and purpose for sex. So I have about four things that I think we need to know about God's teaching on sex in the Bible. All right, number one, sex is essential to humanity's purpose. Sex is essential to humanity's purpose. We see that in the Bible, God created humanity to bear his image. This means that God created us to be like him. And a part of being like him meant multiplying and being fruitful. This is why the Bible commands us to be fruitful and to multiply. God wants the earth to be populated with image bearers and thereby he will be glorified over the whole face of the earth. Now, in order to actually do this, sex is essential. You see, God created the first human, Adam, and he was a male. But God realized that in order to fulfill their God-given purpose, Adam needed a counterpart, a female. Check out this passage. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created humankind. Male and female, he created them. So God created humanity, male and female, and from this sexual difference flows marriage and sexual intercourse. One of the reasons why God did all of this is because sex is essential to humanity's purpose. But the second thing is, sex is marriage's superglue. Sex is marriage's superglue. All throughout the Bible, God teaches us that marriage is a sexual relationship and all sexual relationships are meant to be marital. Now check out this example from two different passages. Look at Genesis chapter two, verse 24 first. In this passage, um, Moses is reflecting on the significance of Adam and Eve's marriage. It reads, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So to be joined to someone and to become one flesh means that you have a powerful bond with them and you become a new family unit together. But check out this other passage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, the apostle Paul describes the significance of having sex with a prostitute. Check it out. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. So you see here, Paul is using marital language to describe a Christian having sex with a prostitute. And what Paul is implicitly saying here is that to have sex with a prostitute is to unite yourself in a powerful marriage type bond. Sex is marriage's super glue. This is actually why sex is a part of marriage ceremonies, why we talk about consummating the marriage. This is also why Song of Songs and 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 tell us and teach us that it is our God-given duty 
in marriage to have regular and good sex. And this is also why the Bible teaches that it is destructive to have sex with anyone other than your marriage partner. Third, sex is good and powerful. Sex is not a nasty or dirty thing. Sex is ancient, beautiful, glorious, and primal. Sex is good and powerful. This is why sex, when properly done, is powerfully good and life-giving. But this is also why sex, when improperly done, becomes powerfully destructive. The power of sex is why some of our greatest moments, art, marriages are filled with the beautiful and joyful intimacy of sex. And this is also why some of our most destructive and shame-filled moments are due to sexual carelessness and sexual violence. Lastly, sex is difficult. Sin has made having a healthy, long-lasting sexual relationship extremely hard. And this is true for everyone without exception. This is actually why we need a savior, why we need Jesus. We need a savior to forgive us when we fail. We need a savior to heal us when we've been wounded. And we need a savior to empower us towards gloriously joyful sex. And this is also why having a healthy, long-lasting sexual relationship takes hard, spirit-empowered work and a rock-solid marriage commitment. All right, y'all. So time for our practical tip. My practical tip is to talk about marriage and to talk about it often within your church community. Yes, groups talking about abstaining from sexual sin are really important, but that's only part of what we have to talk about. I encourage you to find a married Christian couple and talk with them about what it actually takes for them to nurture their sexual relationship, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I encourage you to talk about sex with your single friends and talk about what it means to uh, manage our sexual desires and our views about sex and how we engage sex in pop culture and art and film, etc. I also encourage you to maybe join like a book study or a Bible study on the goodness and power of sex, or maybe even joining a group of Christians under a licensed professional who are working towards healing from sexual trauma. Whatever it is, I encourage you to talk about sex in your church and to talk about it often. All right, family, thank you for tuning in to Glory and Joy. If you're following us via YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. If you're tuning in through podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. As always, please drop your questions in the comments or review, and I would love to answer them in a future episode. All right, y'all. Peace.